0: Hello, welcome to the EvMac Podcast. Today I have a long-time friend, Sean Garvey here. How are you doing, Sean? I'm doing fantastic, Evan. Really a pleasure to be on here. Nice. Yeah. Um, Well, this is episode one of the EvMac Podcast. I'm your host, Evan McCullough, and uh, I can't really tell you where this podcast is going to go, but I promise if you stick with me, it'll be a good time. (laughs) um, yeah, Sean, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well,
1: yeah, my name is Sean Garvey. Um, I, uh, from Louisville, grew up in Louisville, Kentucky and, uh, yeah, I went to Holy Spirit, grew up with Evan. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, then I graduated, went to Manual High School, was a Y-Pass, uh, theater major. So that was cool. Um, and then I went to UK, did exercise science there for a bit, and then went to L and graduated. Now I'm here. Mm-hmm.
0: Very cool. Now here's a question I've had as uh, for people who don't know, I've known Sean since the second grade, I believe. Um and you know, yeah, Sean I came in halfway through first grade. Oh, you did? Yeah. Well. Oh yeah. I remember you were a new face. I just remember I, I hated it, though. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> no. Getting competitive uh, early on. But here's another question I've always had for you, is you went to Y-Pass High School. That stands for Youth Performing Arts School. And you did, like, acting, right? hmm And um, it was just, it wasn't a passion I remember you having before then. And it's not really a passion I remember you having now. <laughs> so you tell us a bit about that yeah sure
1: um i mean it my brothers both went to manual and they played soccer there and they um enjoyed it and so i knew i wanted to go to manual
0: if i could get in for those who don't know manual is a public school in louisville kentucky that is known for very good academics that's all i know about it i don't know
1: yeah, it's a it's it's one of the better public schools in Kentucky, I think. Um, with ACT scores, just yeah, academically, um, primarily because of Hsu, or probably. I'm sorry, because of MST Math Science Technology program that attracts very high level performers, um, and so they kind of bump the ACT average up, and then manual touts that around, which is good, which is fine. Um, but I went to Y Pass, which yeah, it's the Performing Arts School. I did theater there. Um, it really wasn't that big of a passion of mine uh, growing up ever. I mean, uh, never at one point did I want to do this. I mean, like, I, I we did, did it. choir together. Yeah, we did choir together. We, 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 we were in the arts a little bit, but like I, I never wanted to, wanted to really pursue it that much until I realized that it could be a ticket into, into manual. And so I was like, well, I, I could just use YPass, pass and, and if, I, if I seem really into it and if I seem passionate about it and I do well, then I could get in. Um, and I do enjoy it to an extent. I know I, did, I did a few plays at, at Holy Spirit, um, but it definitely wasn't something I, I expected to do long term. Expected, but it 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 blossomed into the, the mo- probably a, a very defining uh, four years uh, for me with with theater. It, it really got me out of my comfort zone pretty much every day. And as a young child or teenager, it's uh, that's a good thing. So,
0: yeah, I guess you have been using it in your current career path without really trying to or anything. Yeah, it's, it's played a yeah. role in pretty much every job I've had, for yeah. sure. Were you concerned about going there and all your friends going to the Catholic high schools?
1: Mm. Yeah, for sure. Initially, early on, 100%. All my, I mean, everybody was going to St. X and Trinity, so... I mean, I I was definitely worried about whether or not I would have any friends, but you know, like that 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 adventure, it, it, it you kind of accepted why that the adventure that Manuel and Wine Pass was gonna bring. So it was like, well, you know, I mean, it was definitely scary, but I think it, was, it, it I just wanted to do it for some reason. Yeah, um, it's good
0: to get outside yeah. your
1: your groups. So sure. yeah, it was tough. It was very tough for sure. But but after the freshman year was really tough. I thought about transferring to Trinity, which is another Catholic school and and uh, the level. and it didn't end up happening for some other reason. I didn't why ever, Trinity it,
0: and not Saint X.
1: because uh, it fit me more school wise Um their their style of of teaching for some reason. Maybe it was the people I was shadowing It plays a huge role, of course, but um, which yeah, it was <laughs> it, it just it just it just worked for me better than St X for some reason. Which, I, it's funny, I was about to go to St. X, like, before I went to manual. Like, I was, I already signed up for classes and everything. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. When wow. I got into Y-Pass and I said, for sure. And I never looked back. Although freshman year, I did look back. <laughs> <It was laughs> hey, my crazy. freshman
0: year at Purdue, I almost transferred to University of Louisville. Yeah. Yeah. I'm nice. glad I didn't do that.
1: Oh, dude, we would have been uh, graduating around the same time. That would've been cool.
0: Yeah. That would have been crazy. I'm really glad I didn't do that, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How come? Why? Um... I had a good, I had a good life at Purdue, and you know it's hard to to move outside of your comfort zone and you know go somewhere where you have zero friends. Mm. And but it's totally worth it, yeah. you know, meeting new friends. You get to reinvent yourself. And if you hang around people that you've been hanging around your whole life, you never get that chance to reinvent yourself. Mm. For example, like your family and stuff. Like you know, I've I've changed. A lot of things, I you know, I I don't think my personality has ever really changed, but um, a, the, a lot of the things I do, in my lifestyle has changed a lot, and somehow people who've known you for a long time, often just fit that into who you already were, like they fit hmm. that into their idea of you, instead of like letting you be different than before. Yeah, one
1: hundred percent, dude. Um, I I feel like. I'm sure you had the same experience going to Southeast Asia uh, with you go to complete same with Purdue. You're just explaining, but I mean, you go to a completely new environment where you can be anyone. And then I feel like that goes into your, like the person you become there kind of, you added into who you thought you were kind of before you went. And then that becomes kind of, you're just a mix of that experience, you know, now that that that's happened.
0: Yeah. I mean, a good example is like, you know, I was vegan for a year and a half and it was a big part of who I was at the time, just what I was thinking about, mm-hmm. and, and you know, of course, what I was putting in my body. But and um, and even after I stopped, in a pretty radical fashion, you know, eating raw meat. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I remember eating a raw steak with my my whole family. You know, they were having normal steak, and I was Jesus eating it raw. Christ. And um, did people or people? My anything? dad was like almost sick to his stomach watching it, to be oh honest, my God. and. But even after that, my mom will still. I mean, she's kind of stopped now. But for a while, she would still when she'd offer me food like, "Oh, it's vegan." I'm like, "I'm not vegan anymore, mommy. I eat I eat raw animals. Now. Eat you know, like, but now. I you know I get it because, you know, she's trying to share with me and, and trying to include me on in the meals, but but the, she doesn't know enough about my current philosophies to. To really, yeah,
1: well, you we should share it with her. You know? Well, I do,
0: but it's like you know, it's yeah, it's not like a super easy thing to grasp, and and I'm not super black and white about it because I I it's really better to not put labels on your thing on yourself, even your dietary patterns. Yeah, but just um, explaining it to her. Just you know, and I do, but it's yeah. like, um, you know, it's like I said, it's better for my health not to put labels on yourself because. Mm-hmm when you, you know, I, I I haven't eaten cooked food for probably a month at least, yeah but, and you know, in my head, I'm a raw foodist, but if I start telling people that, then like, then all of a sudden I'm, it's back to the vegan thing. I'm defined by it. And like, you know, I still hold the, right now I, the reason why I don't label myself is I hold the capacity to cheat or not to cheat, but to just do something else. Yeah.
1: I mean, I don't think
0: I'm a raw foodist 99% of the time, but you know, I've, doesn't mean i'm not going to eat anything else ever again yeah and uh so it, it would probably be better for my communication to tell my mom or anyone else that, like hey i'm a raw foodist just because it simplifies that in their heads mm-hmm. but um but then then that's like i have to like justify me eating something else if i wanted to see I, yeah I so don't it's, think, it's a I, weird thing
1: i don't think you need to think of it as labeling yourself i think i mean it it's just a description, you know. You don't have to put like a, a, a category of what you are, because you obviously aren't. You obviously aren't one of those categories. So, don't even bother with going there with people, and not don't even think about what you would what you would use out of those categories uh, in order to find yourself with other people. Just g- just explain it to just be like I, you know, I, I eat raw food. But I also I also like to eat, um, yeah. I basically just eat raw everything, you know, fruit and animals. Uh, so yeah, well, combined thing is it's it's.
0: It's at a good level now. It's definitely, it's definitely at a good level now, um, because, you know, she asked me if I if I want whatever they're eating, which I appreciate, mm-hmm. even though I almost always say no. Um, but it's it's a healthy relationship, mm-hmm. you know. It's healthy as you can be. It's just a very personal thing what you put in your mouth, and you know. And she makes a point to offer me fruit, which I love, but you know, a lot of times it's like right after I eat meat and I have like, you know, food combination things I, you know, I don't follow because I'm following some program. It's just like you feel better when you don't mix meat and fruit, you know, it's, it's, um, there's so much nuance to it. Yeah. And to, and to have someone understand what would really, for them to really understand, they'd have to do it, you know? So it's, there's just a level of communication that can't be achieved when someone has no idea what you're doing. <laughs> That's very true. And are you oh. I mean
1: I'm assuming you've made peace with that a while ago. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean,
0: you know, everyone no one needs no one needs to know really except for yeah. me. So, I mean, it's exactly. um you know, you communicate as much as you need to, unless you,
1: unless unless you think it's really working for you, and so you want to, you want to spread the word. Which
0: yeah, well, um, even then, I don't think spreading the word by mouth is the way to go. It's really mm-hmm. just by example. And if someone asks you, um, and I learned that being a vegan, I, that's the number one lesson I learned is that it, they don't give a fuck what you say yeah. <laughs> at all. Like it's really best to just keep your mouth shut, and um, and just to do what you do. Um, it's hard when veganism itself kind of has that mm. uh, very it's a very powerful philosophy mm-hmm. and although i'm not a vegan anymore i realize now how how stubborn a lot of them can mm. be yeah and only the way. long-term ones are really like chill about it yeah. and uh, and it's it's a lesson worth learning could you sure. feel
1: yourself kind of like um did you catch yourself on certain things sometimes, like when you would, when you say people are being stubborn? Did you adopt some of those like qualities? Did you ever catch yourself like, put getting pushed kind of towards that? Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. It's it's more like twenty twenty hindsight. You know, yeah. like I can look back and I can remember specific instances where I was like, "Chill out, dude." You know, like it's not a big deal. But, um, and. But, and a lot of people, you know, it wasn't just me. It was a lot of people attack, like, pushing on me, too. Um, And, and that's not easy, you know, to, to, to have the, when you're, especially when you're just getting started out, to really have the confidence to be like, this is what I do, you know? But when you're just starting, you're like, am I wrong? Like, I don't know how long this is going to last, but, um, I'm definitely very confident in my
1: current paradigm. Would you, I mean, that, that initial period of having to get over the the worry. I mean, does everyone go through that? That, you know, am I doing the right thing early on and does it come back around at some point? Like for you like am I is this truly the right I mean, I, it's always good to be questioning, you know, what's good and 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 but uh, does it happen usually kind of in that initial first week or so of transitioning to being vegan? Um,
0: it's definitely not a first week type thing. It's yeah. it's like first Year, I mean it just depends on how fast you figure it out. Yeah, like some people are Militant vegans for lack of a better term for their whole career and they yeah. just choose never to learn um, But you know it, it took me a while though I could say that mm. and And here's part of the problem. I was thinking about recently is that when you're getting a lot of your of information on the internet especially YouTube you watch a video about how cholesterol is bad or whatever, you know, anti-meat mm. stuff, and guess what's on? Guess what' pops up as your next recommended video? The same shit, mm. you know. So you're stuck in this idea bubble um, because every all the information being fed to you is information that you're pre you're pre-biased mm. to accept confirmation bias. For sure, yeah. And so I recommend for anyone with anything to follow information that is the exact opposite of what you're currently following because it at least has a shred of truth in it and Mm. it's important to find out what it is and what i've learned over time is that like you know meat really isn't bad for you but you know neither is you know people are saying fruit is terrible for you too because all the sugar so it's just you just kind of have to to uh you have to look at all sides, of course, dude, and I mean, and, to, and not just look at it and say, "Oh, I looked at it." Now I, I can go back to yeah. just totally writing it off. But like, really look at it as if you know it's one of the it's the hardest thing to do as a human, probably.
1: Yeah, I mean, we all we all suffer from confirmation bias and cognitive dissonance when when we do not when we don't catch ourselves and uh, looking for those those. Kind of those holes or gaps in our philosophy, or the best arguments against what we think is correct, because um, they do all have shreds of truth in them, for sure. Uh, and that's the only way for you to really tease out what you believe in. Um, so it's it's by far, <laughs> I think that's very tried, and tried and, uh, and trusted nowadays. Yeah,
0: definitely. Well, here's a topic I want to get into today. Yeah. Is you mentioned you wanted to go travel again. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Tell people a little bit about the travel you recently did and what you would be looking to get out of a new experience as yeah, well. Yeah, sure.
1: Um, I recently chose to go to Vietnam to teach English. Uh, it was going to be initially around a six-month to a year thing. Um, it, it turned out to be around six-month long trip. But anyways, yeah, I went there to teach English. Uh, I I taught in Vinh, um, which is about four hours south of Hanoi. Very small little little city. Uh, It's actually relatively big, but very small tourism. So it's all geared very um, for Vietnamese people and very little Western influence and everything. So uh, no one spoke English and taught there for around four months and had an amazing experience. Okay. What do you
0: mean by no one spoke English?
1: Uh, the only people that spoke English were the other teachers. And there was a very small teacher community, which was maybe around 50 people. Um, and they were obviously teaching. Well, your Vinh spoke English, or Yen, right? Yeah, Yen spoke English. A few Vietnamese people you ran into would speak English. But most of the time... Mostly the younger people? Yeah, but they're... they're especially in Vinh. And, and when you got to the bigger cities in Hanoi, or, or Saigon, or... Wherever you were going, they usually had a lot of Vietnamese people did did speak English because you had to, because uh, the community. I mean, the the um, entire uh, system, you know, worked around Westerners coming to Vietnam, so you had to know English. But then they didn't have any tourism, so there was no need for the people to learn English. They stayed in their little bubble, and so it when you did show up there, they were just probably ten years behind the rest of Vietnam. Um,
0: yeah, news flash for everyone out there is that there are definitely places in the world that don't speak English still
1: yeah for sure of course you can definitely find that Um, and that's where I found myself did not think that's where I was going to be but uh, (laughs) that is where I was and so I was teaching around like five-year-olds about three and a half hours every night for four or five months Uh, how many days a week five days a week yeah two days off scattered throughout the week that is an um, incredible work schedule. Yeah. And you made we making money off this. Making very good money. Yeah. A very good life. Yeah. Um, the good thing is that it <clears throat> in Vin it really wasn't a competitive uh, scene. In the bigger cities, all the teachers were very competitive with each other and so it, it didn't create the best work environment. But in these smaller cities, you know, you have to be a community or else the peop those people are gonna be who you're around most of the
0: time. Yeah, there's a pretty high turnover with like foreign English teachers.
1: Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I mean I expected to stay there a little bit longer than than I was. Uh, than I ultimately stayed there. I don't really. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out the reasons why I left. Uh, one being, I'm just. I just want really missed home, you know. Um, and well, you were definitely.
0: You know, I know you were thinking a lot about your career, getting yeah. home and stuff.
1: Yeah, it was, but that was but kind of an excuse. Yeah, you know. Um, uh, it honestly, um, the, a lot. There were a lot of times there that you know you. are you're alone, you know, and you just don't have anybody, and it, it's really it's, it's a really testing uh, thing to go through, which is great uh, to go through tests and not, you know, not really give in and not not. But I mean, I, I guess you could old say ultimately I gave in and came. Well, home, I mean, but. here's the here's the the mind fuck though, because I went through the same thing when I went to
0: Indonesia, hmm. because you know I was I was staying at this this farm and it was I'd been there for like two weeks. I was like, okay, I feel like it's time to go now.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: also like, did I give this the the shot that I did? I give this the full shot that it deserved. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, it was like, it was almost in my head. It was, it was. If am I, am I trying to leave because I'm not addressing some issues, mm-hmm. or if I don't leave, am I not addressing my my desires to leave? It was, mm-hmm. it was really weird. Yeah, and,
1: it's a weird balance. I mean, it. It. it I mean, you're very. <clears throat> you're very solit- You're very solitary. <laughs> like it's just. It, it takes. It takes a certain mindset to to kind of flourish in that environment. Um, yeah. But. It was good.
0: I feel like you'd be less isolated if you learned at least yeah. the numbers one to ten in Vietnamese. Beac- maybe, maybe. Maybe maybe. <laughs> I don't
1: know. I am very, yeah, I did not do great with learning the language there. But that language is one of the harder languages to learn in the world. Well, here's,
0: you can learn what you can learn, right? Yeah. So you can do do that much, however much that is. I guarantee you can learn one to ten. That's true. So that's my challenge to Sean
1: for wherever he goes (laughs) next. And tell us. Wherever I go next, I don't know. It's probably going to be an English... English-speaking, lean, leaning country. Enough. Yeah, maybe not fully English, but it's got to have somebody. I can Even if English it's also. a dead language,
0: I'm, yeah. I'm going to challenge
1: you. All right, to learn at least one to ten. That's easy, right? Easy yeah, enough? that's easy. Is uh, New Zealand? Yeah, New Zealand speaks English, right? Yeah, yeah. Do they they have, have great. They have a great accent in New Zealand. Really, what is it?
0: It's like. Well, it depends what part of New Zealand you're on, but the the New Zealand accents that I experienced when I was there. It was like Scottish mixed with Australian. That's amazing. And it was it was pretty awesome. <laughs> it was
1: really awesome. Yeah, dude, there are some crazy languages out there. Um, Estonia speaks a crazy language. Have really? you ever looked at Estonian?
0: Uh, no, I haven't. No, it I is bad.
1: really crazy sounding. Yeah, um, yeah,
0: yeah. Being a polyglot, which means you know to speak multiple languages, has always been something I really admired. Mm. and
1: why is that everyone admires that why why is that like it's such just a fundamental like,
0: thing to be good at That's a good well it's too, i mean there's something do. that defines being human is speaking to other yeah. humans and to be able to do that with anyone mm-hmm. or at least other people is really impressive and it rewires your brain every language you learn is a new personality really mm-hmm. and also like I mean, they say Chinese people do math differently because of their language. Mm. So it's just, it's so integral and it's so part of being human that... And it's really, I think, the deepest way to appreciate a culture because mm-hmm. um, it's so hard. I mean, that's—it it is. It's hard. Even with an English, easy language,
1: it's hard. Yeah. Um, I mean, you go to a place and... You, and it sucks so much going from from a place where you can communicate with w- what you feel, with what you want. It, I mean, it's like to to shutting that off completely. Um, I mean, and, and what you're saying, it's completely. It's a very important part of being human. So maybe that's why I, I feel like everyone has an inherent like I don't know an inherent kind of. Um, I'm sure every. I'm sure if you polled for, people
0: and you asked how many of you wish you could speak another language, I bet it would be like 100. Yeah. percent You know. Um, also, one reason I've been attracted to it because I think I have the mind for it. Like, yeah. I'm pretty good with the English language. Like, I think I have a good vocabulary, and I have an easy time speaking to people. I feel like I'm a decent presenter, as well as I have a very good memory, so I can learn. Other language words fairly easily. Like, I didn't spend much time in Indonesia, and I feel like I've made a lot of progress. So, yeah.
1: Do you know how long humans have been speaking English? I mean, sorry, it's been speaking a language? No,
0: I have no idea. But, I mean, the written language, I think the first written language was the, I'm going to fuck this up, like the Phoenicians or something. That's (laughs) where we get it. Well, you know, it starts like the phonetic alphabet. That's where it comes from. Yeah. is it Phoenician? Uh, I feel like a dumbass right now, but that was like 6,000 years ago at least. 6, I don't even know. 6,000 years ago. I don't even well, know. I mean, I the mean... Egyptians were way longer than that. They had hieroglyphics. I bet we've had language as long, like, I bet we've had language for almost the entirety of, of human quote-unquote existence. Do you think- Because well, it's a part of us. It's like, if you go to tribes, undiscovered tribes in New Guinea, they all have separate
1: languages. Jesus Christ. Do you think, do you think it was language that kind of, um, propelled human, uh, I don't know, human, human.
0: I think it was a lot of things at the same time.
1: Or was, or was it something else that kind of then stimulated the ability for us to learn how to speak? I think it was a lot of stuff at the same time. (laughs)
0: I'm not, I'm I'm not going to pretend like I've written a book on this, Sean. Um, but yeah, but we yeah, have Sean. What would you, what are you looking for in a, in a new travel experience?
1: Oh, new travel experience. Well, I mean, uh, it it's hard to say because new experiences you don't know exactly what you're going to get out of them. Um, I know what I got out of that last experience in Vietnam. Now that I've been able to kind of sit back and 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 uh, and really come to understand uh, what I learned the most from that experience um, and what I take away from it. So. And that was kind of just the act of seeing so many people live a different way than you, speak a different language than you, um, but yet you can connect with them on a lot of different levels. Especially the kids. Kids are just still human beings. They're just little humans. You know, it's like they're not affected by the enemy's culture quite yet. Um, and so it just it's it was that was really. I learned a lot about kids teaching them. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, kids are kids are very similar all around the world. Yeah, they're they're happy and they, they want to have fun. You know, exactly. It's fairly uh, unaffected by outside influences, and because they're just they just go based off of what they want to do. You know, yeah. know, there's no thinking about give a fuck. Yeah, so it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty fun to be around that type of energy. Yeah, all
0: day. it was it was cool when I was in Indonesia on uh, on the island of Ambon. Um, it was cool because there were kids there at the place I was staying. I was there for two weeks, but like the people who I rented the the house from, mm-hmm. rented an entire like townhouse for fifteen dollars a night. So pretty, pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. But they they took me in as their family pretty much. Like they took me to waterfalls.
1: The little kid loved talking to me. It's it's like amazing. little chubby
0: boy. He was. Yeah, they were great. Did he English.
1: speak English. Yeah, yeah, he was excellent in English. That's awesome. Um, how many people? How many families? Uh, were pretty good in English like that. Well, it was totally different
0: depending on where I went. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the funny thing is, on that island, the island of Ambon, like, very few people speak English there. Like, mm. very few. It's so isolated. Uh, so, I, I, you know, I, I met the ones who were very good at English. It happened... The guy who was in charge of renting the place, he was pretty... He was a young, cool guy. Yeah. He He'd studied in, like, Australia, I think, so he spoke perfect English. Nice. And... Um, you know, not that many people spoke English in the places I went, Mm. really. I mean, people spoke it in Jakarta. Um, it just, it really depended on if they'd been educated somewhere, you know, that would teach them. Otherwise, they definitely wouldn't. Older people surely didn't know much
1: English. Dude, it was strange. Uh, a lot of the kids were going to the English schools to be able to work for, for their parents when they got older and in their shops, so just assuming that tourism was going to get bigger and bigger and then um, and that, that more and more Westerners were going to come in. And so they would need someone that spoke English to work for them. So they were like, oh, well, in we'll our five-year-old. Uh, so that, that was pretty weird. They would come in, and they would look at me. Um, and they're just waved because they couldn't speak English, you know. None of the parents could speak English cause, so they never knew how good of a yeah. job you were doing even if they were watching the class. <laughs>
0: yeah, if we ever go back to the same places in Indonesia, I can guarantee they're going to be so much different oh, for than sure, when dude. we left them.
1: Southeast Asia is absolutely... Especially Vietnam. Vietnam is one of the... the, the their GDP is, is one of the fastest growing in the world, <laughs> if not the fastest. Um, so... the for sure, these the, right now <clears throat> they're experiencing this crazy boom in, 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 economically. <clears throat> Sorry, uh, I got something in my throat. So yeah, in, in ten years, give it, give it ten years. It's gonna be fucking crazy. It's gonna be a whole different world. I mean, all all that all that kind of authentic authenticity that. We that I wanted to see when I went over there, and that a lot of people go over there to see, is going to be wiped out. I mean, it's just going to be gone. Give it twenty years. Give that. I mean, twenty years, all that shit's going to be gone. Yeah, um, it's going to
0: be one big old America everywhere. Yeah, it's going to be all. <laughs> seriously, everything's just going to be. Everyone's going to be
1: fat as hell. It's fucking terrible, dude. I mean, everything that you want to see over there when you go over there, these old temples. Hopefully, they're going to be preserved, uh, just like the old landmarks. But give it that. Give it. Give that a hundred years, and, and who knows? Um, yeah, we
0: can't blame them too much, um, just because. You know, Americans go over there and they're like, oh, this is a great vacation. And they're like, you know, give me, you know, I needed to go back home and, you know, so I could have my two hour long shower <laughs> and, you know, whatever else. Dude, I mean. Um, and by the way, people, I urge people to try the squat toilet. I know mm. most Americans don't have the mobility to squat. They're going to be
1: shitting and pissing on themselves. <laughs> 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 if, if the people on this podcast are going to try to do that, it's, it's not easy yeah especially if you can't get into full squat if you're trying to aim
0: well first off make sure you can get in a full squat but then do the squat toilet your elimination is highly improved and (laughs) i must be the only person in the world who prefers the squat toilet but it's also here's something that's easier to try out maybe not easier to try out but but you know less uh less of a challenge at least uh mobility wise is the is the uh Bidet feature The, the spray gun in Oh Asia. yeah They had that in Vietnam Oh right? they had that But it yeah. was the bum gun a The bum ago. gun
1: Yeah Yes you just, had, you just had a little gun That you'd spray up your ass And it was It was a luxurious item In a very unluxurious <laughs> Country I don't know People get If you're weirded out in America But then
0: you, you bring up like well, if you got poop on your face, you're not just gonna wipe it off. Exactly, dude. Of paper. Once
1: you start using a bidet or a bum gun or anything that uses water, it changes your entire perception about what people are doing now. Everyone's. I mean, it's pretty gross. Paper. Yeah. yeah, using paper to smear it uh, uh, down your ass and then, <laughs> and then walking around with that with, with stuck in your yeah dingleberry stuck in your butt hair exactly, and it it just gets nasty when it's it's a really warm day and and you're. Uh, you're just sitting down after people who are doing that in places, you know. I mean, there's no doubt people are leaving little shards when they <laughs> sit, you know. If you yeah. did, if you, if you, you know, you, you, you. I'm sure you can do a little analysis of a seat and see how many um, genes. You, now it has. that
0: would be a study I'd like to see, like yeah. butt cleanliness, yeah, East versus West. <laughs> now that. <laughs> Now that is... But,
1: dude, put a sensor on, on like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a random chair. Like, UV,
0: like use UV light? to see, yeah. like, Can you see shit with UV light? Is that or illegal? It's probably piss illegal. Piss urine or piss in uh, blood you can see. Yeah. I don't know. Worth looking into though.
1: Definitely, dude. But that you, gu- you have a bidet, don't you? I do. My uncle gave it to me, <laughs> um, and I have not used it yet because Damn, I went to Vietnam, dude. and the bum gun was was.
0: No, it's a full. Everywhere. It's like a full size bidet, right? It's not it, just a bum gun. No, it's a it's a serious bidet. Yeah. You know, you can get a bum gun attachment for toilets. In American toilets.
1: Oh my god! I saw it on a, a YouTube video. We the other should buy day. it for for everybody for Christmas or for the birthdays. Yeah,
0: we'll have a eventually we'll have a a, a giveaway on
1: the podcast a bum
0: <laughs> gun that would be awesome.
1: That would be amazing. Yeah, but yeah,
0: I, I mean we'll have to
1: see how much it is, and I'd be interested in. I mean, I guess I could get one. You should not. definitely go. On. The receiver super cheap. like thirty bucks on Amazon. Yeah, that's yeah. what I got. I'm, I haven't used it. I don't know what the quality is like. Ryan had it. He he said that. Um, it, it didn't quite get everything, so you, you might mean, have to go in. With, I don't see with why with we with can't harder. combine the best of both worlds. You can have toilet paper and oh yeah, you're not going to walk out of there dripping wet. You need yeah. you need something to to <laughs> to. to soak That's what up. I would do in Indonesia, pretty much. I mean, I was wearing a sarong, which is like a male
0: skirt, so it wasn't <laughs> too big of a deal. I mean, but it's you know, it, people it, their I'm not, not going to say it's like. like it's not luxurious for everyone I mean they there is a culture in Indonesia where you don't use your left hand yeah exactly hand, to handle money or shake hands or anything I mean, genius. That would be weird just because that's your wiping hand you know yeah I remember uh, you know, right, fiddling yeah, with my money in the left hand and then like switching it right before I give it to a vendor and like oh, oh my yeah. god you're terrible Evan it was also impolite to show the bottom of your feet oh and they would get uh i mean Wait, my, i never ever wore shoes so my feet were
1: disgusting how often were you in the position to show people the bottom of your feet
0: i don't know if you if you have your feet up on a yeah. thing or and so you if, you, if you're crawling. laying
1: down going to sleep
0: no i mean i mean no one's gonna <laughs> it's just if people can see you. you know you don't show your bottom of your feet to people directly if you yeah. can if you can help it and i mean i definitely got called out on it by mateen and what
1: did uh, he say he said dude your feet are gross man and i'm like you're right but I mean, so I never had, when That shoes, was cultural, though. That, you money. don't think a regular person that wouldn't normally have... I mean, room. a regular person would have noticed how dirty my but feet. But would the they call you my... out on it? Would they say anything
0: about it? They, they might have called me out, but they wouldn't have been, like, grossed out. You know, you probably would have been like, you got, some, you got a lot of you got dirt some, on your feet, Evan. You got some shit on your feet. And then... But Mateen was like, oh, my God, dude. Get that out get that <laughs> of my face. But, you know, what are you going
1: to do? Dude, feet are so weird. The foot fetishes that people have. I've never dabbled in that but sounds like you have it's very serious for a lot of people (laughs) i mean i mean seriously foot fetishes for some reason what is it with feet is it's because they resemble your hands and they're just a like a little bit grosser i mean there's just something
0: about fingers and toes that just let you know how fucked up you are Mm -hmm. as like a
1: being you know so it lets them it gives them a little insight to their like alien like like
0: i don't know yeah just you just look at it and you're like this is a miracle yeah that my body in the in the template i got little
1: but there's not people aren't like have hand fetish it's more feet why is it feet not hands
0: i guess because they're like kind of smelly and just like you don't touch them much you know i don't know i can't explain it but it i can tell weird. that i mean i don't have a foot fetish but i mean i definitely spend an, an inordinate amount of time like looking at my toes and I mean, I kind of—I think everyone has weird feet, but I definitely think I have weird feet. Yeah. So,
1: I, maybe that's part of it. Hmm. Um, How many people do you think you you meet on a daily basis who have a foot fetish?
0: Meet on a daily basis. <laughs> I mean, I don't really see that many people a day. So if it was like if it was you one, I would co-workers. be shocked.
1: I mean, you think not, none of your coworkers have a foot fetish?
0: You know, I've never met someone who's
1: openly come out as a foot fetish. I don't really have much yeah, I data mean, but for just this. if you did the number crunching, maybe one of them might be. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe one. <laughs> yeah. I hope so. I mean, diversity, right? It's you know? true, dude. Diversity makes a good work environment. Got someone who's secretly in defeat probably makes them a little more tolerable in the workplace. <laughs> yeah. Who Who knows? But yeah, um, you were asking me what uh what did I want to get out of that next travel? Yeah, travel yeah, experience. full circle coming back from
0: feet, you know? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Is that what you're looking for in your next experience? Good feet? Yeah. Um, no, but it's got to be a plus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, if you, get, I, you know, I, I dated a girl once in. who was pretty into her feet, hmm, no well, lie. like like really worked on them with what toenails and what else can you do um, for your feet?
0: I I am gonna admit that I don't know all the details. All I know is that she thought she had really nice feet. So mm. they were a little Did thin. Did you tell for her she taste. had really nice feet? I mean, they were decent feet, but you know, <laughs> I don't really judge feet that hard. I mean, they were nice yeah. looking. You know, good toenails and whatnot. But yeah, uh, a little thin for my liking. I mean, I've got wide feet. Did you, you know? watch
1: her clip her toes? Toenails? No,
0: I'm not, Sean, don't don't put like <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to think my own foot fetish. Back to the question. What's your next? Adventure, Sean. <laughs> what are you looking for? Um,
1: have you been to? You've been to Europe before. Yeah, okay. yeah, I have. So you've been to Europe. I have been to Europe. I-, I would love to go back to Europe. I'm not not against that. This
0: is what we should do. We should ride a bunch of countries on a spin wheel.
1: Oh yeah. And I should just. But we have to have like, like a. Out. We have to have like a um, annual time that we do it. You know, like instead of just saying, "All right, we're going to hit one of these countries right," you know, the next six months. We got to do it like every. <laughs> I think we should do. It. I think we should make a thing out of doing it, and just you know, check off as you go what you want to see. Um, why not? You know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what do you? What, what other countries are, are on your kind of like next must go? Not necessarily, not necessarily your home base, but like have to see. Um, in the before next, I die. Not before you die. Something that you really feel like you want to see in the next like few years.
0: On the on the agenda. On the agenda.
1: I mean, I guess before you die. <laughs> I guess well, it's definitely not going to be after I die. Yeah.
0: Um, you would do it before I, you die. You know, I'm interested in in seeing. I want to. There's a couple places I'd like to. See, I'd like to show my girlfriend mm-hmm. Helen. Um, where I'd like to go to the Great Bear Rainforest, which is in like Alaska, Canada mm-hmm. area. They have black bears there. By genetics that are have white fur mm-hmm. they're very cool and it's like a rainforest all the way up there so it's going to be weird it's gonna be a weird mm. environment i would like to i really want to go back to borneo but i want to go to the malaysian side this time mm. i've heard it's gave the best fruit in the world there um i'd like to go to the himalayas and uh i'd like to go to the Amazon rainforest. And I'd like to go to Scandinavia. So that's, you, that's all I'm going to say for now. So I mean, I'd you, like to go everywhere, but
1: yeah, of course. But when you when you say you'd like to go to these places, are part of that? Is part of the reason why you want to go to these places because you want to achieve some sort of physical feat, or you just want to see, you know, like? Well, there's definitely
0: stuff to do there physically. If yeah. if I wanted to, I just want to. I I want to see the tallest mountains on Earth. Yeah. You know Himalayas. I want to feel how thin that air is. Mm. I don't need to climb Everest. That would be cool, but you I don't. Could. I don't need to. It's expensive. Yeah, fifty k. Um, I, I want to see. I want to see how Scandinavia works, like mm. Finland, maybe Sweden, Norway, because there's this idea that it's like perfect there. I know it's not though. So I want to see it for myself. In mm. um, the Amazon Ooh. rainforest. That's, like, one of the last great rainforests, and, you know, they've got really good fruit there as well. And also, you know, if I wanted to do, you know, a spiritual experience, mm. those are available at the ready down there, so. Definitely, dude. Definitely. Yeah, it, it would, I mean, to. I believe seeing the Himalayas by itself would be a spiritual experience, but a facilitated one mm-hmm. in,
1: uh, in Peru or wherever, you know. Speaking of spiritual experiences, dude, we got to start getting into... Uh... What is it? is it? It's not acro yoga. Is it acro? The the, the type of yoga, uh, kundalini yoga, kundalini yoga, uh, and which does elicit a spirit like a um, a trip like response uh, in the brain. Apparently, there's someone in Louisville that actually has a similar style to that. Um, we
0: should get him on the podcast.
1: Yeah, yeah, we. should. Yeah,
0: you, you should give me that name. I'll we'll, I'll do my best. Like I mean, I'm going. It's I'm going, going to go hard to try to bring some creature. entertaining people. Onto this podcast, yeah. just
1: feel it'd be fun, you know, for for, for no sure. reason. Yeah, I think. But anyways, yeah, I mean, I think that would be a cool experience. Do that, you know, and then mix that, mix that yeah. in. With some well, let's let's.
0: Out. So I want to I want to get your final answer because yeah. we've
1: totally yeah we've kept we've totally skipped over yeah. what you want out of this new experience, and then we'll we'll wrap it up. Um, you know, I, I went and I'm still I'm going to go off again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh I went into Vietnam, not really wanting anything out of it. I was accepting whatever was happening you know um and so that was valuable for me and i don't and I feel like that is something that I want to take with me uh in the next travel experiences I, I I have um in terms of like location wise or like i I know i don't want wanna be completely immersed in a culture that doesn't speak any English. I need to have a little bit more modern. Yeah, I need to have people that I can go down the street. But it might be good it also, on the other hand, it might be a good thing for me to learn another language. Vietnamese was not the language that I was gonna learn. It just wasn't. And so I didn't want to put in the effort to know that I'll forget it in two or three months. So it just the time the, what I was going to get out of it just didn't didn't add up. Um but yeah i want to go somewhere um yeah that is a little bit more modern and still a smallish city and yeah just just see it. i think a very a very beautiful part about traveling is not having expectations and, I, and that's kind of what i want to do
0: yeah you you could consider uh malaysia it's kind of like indonesia but more modern a lot yeah. of english speaking there um and I've, I've, I know of a couple of pretty cool places there. Yeah. But for yeah, sure. That's, yeah. I mean, I know you don't really have any plans set in stone for nah, now, not but uh, it'll be there. cool. It'll be Dude, cool We should go. See. We need to go somewhere for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I need to. Time. Well, I mean, that's part of the reason I'm, you know, like I told you, building the tiny house to give me some flexibility as far as security and, yeah. and all that. Yeah. Um, because, although I, I definitely could,
1: I could. I mean, why
0: not? I couldn't. I could get certified
1: to teach English. I think I could do that. Yeah, dude. Anybody. That's the other thing uh, that is it, kind of crazy. Everybody thinks that teaching English is like not everyone, but everyone. A lot of people think that teaching English is like something that they can't do. I mean, if you can speak English, then you can teach it. <laughs> it's yeah. Not very tough. Yeah.
0: I don't see myself as like a a single career, single job type of guy. I've already had so many jobs. Most of them pretty shitty. But, I mean, you know, teaching English and is not that big of a commitment to get that certification. As well as, you know, maybe become like a dive master um, for scuba diving and stuff. Just jobs that make it easier to to travel. Um, And then, you know, am working on getting experience in my actual field of mechanical engineering. But... Yeah, we'll end it on that note. Uh, Got some food to eat. Mm -hmm. But I hope you guys enjoyed the first episode with Sean Garvey. I'm Evan McCullough with the EvMac Podcast. and You guys have a good day. See you later, guys.